coming to you live from backstage at Freight Alley. You are listening to What the Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, dude, we're now leading the world in coronavirus cases. In fact, on Monday, we were at 43,781 known cases, and now we're at, I believe you just told me, 93,329, more than doubled. Yeah, more than double. 93,329, that's the latest off of the uh, Worldometers coronavirus update. So, yeah, unfortunately, we're leading the world. By the way, speaking of the world, we've got you right up here on the LinkedIn comments, YouTube, Twitter, Facebook. It's all right there. So join us. Happy to to be with you today. Hopefully these cases start to go down. We're not seeing that, uh, that curve go over though. They just seem no, to be going not, up every single show. Yeah, not yet. Right. And I, I look at those, I didn't get a chance to really look at the different countries and so on and so forth, but there are, there are many that are starting to crest and kind of flatten out. And hopefully we get there as soon as we, you know, we're testing everybody and hopefully people are starting to take this seriously. Yeah. You know, you hate to see it double, but, uh, hopefully we can keep the deaths to a minimum and keep the hospitals operating and, and slow this thing down. While we, we people start to take this seriously and start, yeah. you know, I mean, I think they are in many cases. And Corey says, sup, guys. Hey, Corey, thanks for joining us on hey, the show today. We appreciate it. Well, yeah, sort yeah, of by yeah. design today, we focused on what's good that's happening in the supply chain. We have some great callers calling in. One is Jason Preventia, CEO from Steam Logistics. Yes, yeah. He's going to talk to us about what the uh, the global trade impacts look like from our shores. John Payne from Delivery Chain, he's going to talk to us what it looks like from over in Spain. And then right. Logan Miller, he's used his allowance. He went viral for this. And I'm not sure if that's, is that even the best term to use anymore? Viral? <laughs> I mean, that's <laughs> yeah, got negative connotations now. It used to be great. I mean, uh, yeah, right? But hey. Great he, headlines coming up, brother. And, he, and he's been using his uh, his allowance to buy truckers' he has, meals. He absolutely has. He absolutely has. That's going to be interesting. Can't wait to talk to him. That's an awesome thing that he's doing. Hopefully more people jump on that bandwagon and really support our truckers because they're keeping us in food. They're keeping us in all the essential supplies that we have, and we really need to thank them and support them now more than ever. But Dooner, first. Yeah, we got to pay the bills. Bro. We got to we got to buy our own lunch here. So that's right. This episode is brought to you by Lean Staffing Solutions, the pioneers of transportation and logistics nearshoring, struggling to hire, retain, and train entry level employees. Lean Staffing can save you time and money with the ability to scale your business at a fraction of the cost. To learn more, tell them, dude. LeanStaffing.com. Go there right after the show. Go there right after the show and right after these headlines. Boom. So here's the first one. Linda Baker reports that Workhound Driver, the Workhound Driver feedback platform, has, uh, is keeping truckers and company management in sync to improve driver retention. If you remember a week ago, we had Max Fuller on here, CEO of Work, Workhound. He was talking right, all about right. the survey they were doing. Well, the results are finally in. It says during the coronavirus emergency, the system they've been using has been using insights about the way the drivers feel about COVID-19 to help model how companies are operating. According to the Workhound team, the virus now comp- comprises a significant percentage of overall driver to management communication. So everybody's been talking about it. Here's a few stats, though, that we, uh, we've learned about the pandemic. 
Yeah, right. So 25% of communications have been dedicated to planning concerns. Uh, drivers wanting to know what carriers have, that, that carriers have a protocol in place for what to do with the truck if they get sick, right? And 23% of the comments revolved around sanitation, what precautions companies are taking to ensure equipment is safe and sanitized. And 12% of the communications reflect concerns about the benefits their companies offer. Uh, so one driver with COVID-19 going around and us drivers constantly out in public, it is scary to think that we don't have any sick days or PTO time. Yeah, tough to take time off, especially when you don't have a check coming your way. And the yeah. stimulus is helping a lot of people, but it's not helping everybody. Yeah, that's right. Rates help some of these drivers, though. Richard, respect on facebook yes are rates going up some are some are right depends on what you're moving and what lane you're in yeah that's exactly right and even on the same lane rates are going up and down and fluctuating people really need to understand where things are yeah our dhl supply chain pricing power index was at its highest level it's ever been it had jumped up i believe to 55 last week had a 15 point jump this week it had a 10 point jump and now it's up to 65 so a lot of that pricing going back towards the carriers right yeah. now because of the goods that are being ordered. Now, next week is going to be really interesting for us to see where the freight flows go because a lot of people have mentioned that they may be going off a cliff. Yeah, exactly. And we are seeing that uh, volumes are have definitely flattened and are starting to come down now. We, and as we've been reporting and discussing, the long haul has stayed up, but now that has ticked down a little bit, and uh, we're seeing to, uh, starting to see rejections start to drop a little bit in, in certain lengths of hauls in certain markets. So uh, that pricing index could start swinging the other way, I would suspect. Patrick Murray says, good afternoon, everyone, praying that everyone stays safe. Of course, uh, same to you, Patrick. Chris Ulrich, hey, guys, Harrison. Profit says, hope hope everyone is staying safe and healthy. And Scott C. D. says, good to see you guys. Hey, thanks. We Amen. appreciate it, too. Amen. Thanks for tuning in. Hopefully, everyone's staying, keeping their sanity within quarantine. I go home <laughs> to my wife and kids every day, and they are a, uh, yeah, they are absolutely. a bundle of energy from this yeah, stuff. I agree. Uh, so, Dooner. Yes, what else did we learn from this? 6% of communications revolved around challenges, assessing the necessities. Truck stops and restaurants are being closed. This puts a large strain on drivers' health and well-being. If drivers cannot eat, they cannot operate efficiently. That's the commentary from one driver. Around 30,000 truck drivers responded to this survey put out by the WorkHound platform. Yeah, I mean, that's interesting. We got to, you know, and we'll be talking to a kid who's... uh What's his name, Logan? Yeah, Logan right? Miller. Yeah, right. excited I mean, about that. What a great thing he's doing, right? And the, uh, his uh, different efforts to help uh, restaurants uh, let truck drivers know they're welcome yeah. and we're open for you, right? Great thing the kid is doing. I hope more people jump on that bandwagon. So here's a headline for you, Dooner. Okay. The pants are half off. Oh, not mine. Can you see on this cat? I think, oh, you know, I'm kind of obscured. No, you can see my knees. No, definitely. Not at, not at this yes. setup. Not at this setup. Maybe no. on the other shows behind the desk. Yeah. I'm, I'm full gonna, anchorman style. Yeah. I, I was sworn to secrecy, so I won't With let With your that go. sock garters. The world isn't ready for those. <laughs> exactly. So according to data from Walmart, while sales of tops are way up, sales of trousers are down. <laughs> that fact comes from Walmart's EVP of Corporate Affairs, Dan Bartlett, on Yahoo Finance Live on Thursday. In one of uh, one of your previous segments, you were talking about people with Zoom and doing these uh, those types of conferencing. So we're talking about video conferencing and working from home. Yeah. We're seeing an increased sales in tops and not bottoms. So people who are concerned, obviously, from the waist up. Yeah. Right? <laughs> I guess. And everything's, everything's, you know, good and kosher until the cat jumps on your lap. Yeah, exactly. The claws 
out. You know, <laughs> that's exactly I'll be right. everybody. That's exactly right. Yeah, don't don't get up. Uh, yeah, happy birthday suit. <laughs> yeah. So Bartlett said these behaviors are going to continue to change and evolve as people get accustomed to this new lifestyle <laughs> wow. of holding meetings with no pants on. I guess so. <laughs> well, he didn't say that part. That was uh, editorial. If you will, <laughs> to this new lifestyle, if you will, and we're able to accommodate that both online and in our stores. So. Pants are half <laughs> off, boys. They did. Uh, Nicole, Walmart said that sales of cleaners, obviously, entertainment products like TV, TVs, DVDs, apparently people are still buying, are surging, <laughs> as are art supplies. That makes a ton of sense. I bought my kids a ton of different highlight books and things like that. Um, self-science experiments. Not self-experiments, but like kids' science <laughs> experiments you can do at home. You know, like making, making alligators out of paper clips and all those things. They said, that, but Walmart said they sold 30 million popsicle sticks during this time. Popsicle sticks? Yeah. Are, are people making popsicles at home? Is no, they're making like Forky and stuff. Oh, oh. Yeah, with the little feet. Forky. I love the Forky. Feet. Forky's awesome. Especially I, when he's talking to ham. I guess the other good news is that well, a lot of people are laying people off. At least Walmart right. is extending 150,000 jobs. And they're also giving out about $550 million in bonuses to those who already have to work on the front line. So... Good to see that still going on. Yeah. One more headline before we call out. We got uh, COVID-19 generates white nights in freight industries. So this is something we just wanted to highlight really quickly about the company. We hear so much bad stuff. Here are the companies that are doing some good things. This is from uh, Vishnu Rajamitakam. He writes, uh, the COVID-19 pandemic has created a tsunami of supply chain issues like we've never seen before. Countries are shutting their borders. Stores are closing down. You've probably seen your restaurants asking for you to come out. But amidst all of this crisis, there are some companies that are doing some good Samaritan efforts. I think you have a few listed over there. Yeah, absolutely. So Flowspace, uh, on-demand warehousing startup Flowspace is offering companies one month of free storage and inbound transportation to nonprofits and organizations that are helping with COVID-19 relief efforts, which is excellent, excellent news. Very good stuff. Uh, FarEye, predictive logistics uh, platform FarEye, uh, has made its proprietary uh, solution serve free to use for a variety of organizations, including delivery companies that supply essential goods to ho- houses and hospitals and other non-government uh, establ- establishments that act as first responders uh, to the situation. Uh, also, ELD provider Connexial wow. has announced a new telemedicine service called GoMedRx, which is designed to help its customers receive immediate access to medical advice. GoMedRx is an open platform service available to all drivers, no matter which electronic logging device pr- provider they use. The company believes that this service can help drivers determine their symptoms quickly and get immediate medical help if tests turn out to be positive. Well, that's good, especially when we're hearing that tests are coming harder and harder to find by, uh, are harder and harder to come by as more communities and more rural communities start to see these outbreaks come in. I think even in Chattanooga, relatively smaller city where we've already have 13, I mean, 30 uh, known infections when there was 15 just a day ago. Uh, Dolly, they're an on-demand precision delivery startup. They've introduced a no-contact service, so another big part of social distancing has been great, we're having these delivery con- these deliveries come, but how do we go about getting the goods? Well, they work, uh, they put a signal on your goods, they drive back garages and those things. Scalpy, they are a supply discovery platform. They've launched an online service that Helps uh, to organize emergency sourcing for critical medical equipment. So very cool. 10th Street has a driver recruiting software company. Has announced free driver onboarding services. There's a great article on there, like we mentioned. Go check it out. That one was put out by 
uh, Vishnu, right? Yeah. So go Vishnu. check out his article. Yeah, exactly. All right, let's call, uh, let's call your buddy here. Yeah. Give us a little context here. So Jason uh, Provenshaw, CEO at Steam Logistics. Uh, so it's, he's, he's going to talk to us about uh, the global trade perspective, right? So I've uh, yeah. been putting out some information and looking at what is going around the, uh, the world as far as exports, uh, other, other countries uh, ramping back up, China ramping back up, and how that's affecting uh, uh, the rest of the world and us here domestically as, as warehouses kind of drain and, and where are those supplies coming back in. So, Hi, Jason. Hello. Hey, you're talking to Dooner and the dude on What the Truck for five good minutes. Five, count of five, five good minutes. Thanks for joining us on air. Yeah, no problem. Nice to chat with you guys. Hey, how you doing, Jason? Mike Vincent here. Hey, good to chat with you. Nice to chat with you as well. Thanks for coming on. Sure. Hey, Jason, so to put this all in perspective, for those who may not be familiar with a 3PL here in lovely Chattanooga, tell us what Steam is. What do you, what do you folks do? Yeah, so we're a technology-enabled uh, freight forwarder and customs broker uh, based here in Chattanooga. Perfect. So the big, obviously big news, the unavoidable elephant in the room is the coronavirus, COVID-19. How has that impacted business at all? Because the first signifier that we saw when we first started talking about this in late January was we knew that it would disrupt overseas trade out of China. Uh, we were curious what wrinkle would happen with it being right next to Chinese New Year. It seems like China's getting back up online, but a lot of the freight flows aren't there. So what are you folks seeing? Yeah, so oh, our focus is uh, primarily ocean and air freight uh, around the world, and uh, both on an import and export basis. But uh, like everybody else who's in that space based here, uh, we certainly have some exposure to China, especially on the import side. So we um, we had a record January, which was great. And, uh, you know, every February, we pretty much planned for a little bit of a dip due to Chinese New Year. And so uh, this year was no different than that. We, you know, were prepared for that. We kind of projected our, our year around that. And course, uh, when this virus hit, everything sort of flew out the window with regard to expectations. And so, um, you know, we saw a, a precipitous drop in Chinese imports um, well over and above what we were typically used to seeing uh, in February when, when that hit. And basically, it just felt like a, a Chinese New Year that went from two weeks to maybe six weeks. And so it was obviously very quiet on that trade lane. Our overall uh, volume as a business was up quite a bit uh, year over year but our china uh, our china freight from january to uh, i'm sorry january to february dropped uh, about 85% so it was a pretty significant amount uh, on that particular trade lane so um, we're seeing that come back quite a bit now in march as uh, china has pretty much gotten back to work overall and so uh, those numbers are coming right back to where we would expect them to be. Um, but, of course, the big question now is, you know, what does it look like over uh, Q2? Yeah, so the big question, Jason, is is uh, as we go forward, so China is ramping back up, and I guess some others are ramping down, I suppose, throughout the, you know. The, India, Bangladesh, we yeah, just heard. Yeah, exactly. So some are coming yeah. up, some are coming down, so you're seeing these fluctuations. But China comes up, and their biggest customer, the U.S., is now looking at possibly uh, not buying so much. Yeah, exactly. And that's really the big unknown as we sort of look out over the next, um, I would say, 60 to 120 days is just on the demand side. You know, before it was a supply issue, now we're looking at demand. And it's not just here, but everywhere. And so, um, you know, I've seen some, some figures coming out that are projecting, you know, the Trans-Pacific 
eastbound lane, you know, maybe dropping 15% over the next couple of months. And so, um, you know, we're certainly prepared for that. We're looking at ways to augment, uh, you know, some of those losses through other trade lanes. Uh, although at some level, all trade lanes will be affected by this. And so we're just trying to be uh, nimble. And as a, you know, a company of our size, we're able to move very, very quickly. Um, we're also, of course, augmenting those losses of our existing customers with new business. And uh, believe it or not, we're adding new customers even in the midst of this. And so, um, and, and that's really because people need help. I mean, there's just a lot of uncertainty and a lot of tor- turmoil in the market right now. And so we have not stopped our efforts to reach out to those folks and see where we can help. Jason, a lot of companies have had to make hard decisions and our own corner of that world logistics isn't immune from it. Do you think that this would cost steam enough business that you'd be looking at um, any layoffs? I mean, expansion's tough in a moment like this, but it also sounds like you've uncovered new areas of, of revenue and you're sort of adapting to the market that's going on right now. Yeah, we are certainly hopeful that that will not be the case. And we have zero plans to do anything like that at this, at this time. So um, we're very thankful for that. And we intend to do everything in our power to avoid it. Uh, even though our Chinese business, um, our Chinese import business has dropped off, particularly in February, um, you know, our business is up, uh, last I checked, around uh, 50% year over year uh, across all trade lanes on the ocean side. So our volumes are, are actually very good from a year over year perspective when you look at the, the whole globe. Um, but certainly that exposure to China is concerning and we're just going to have to keep getting creative around how to, uh, just sort of power through this downturn. And of course, I would love to tell you what I think is going to, you know, all that's going to look like, but I think it's a little hard to predict right now. I think anybody that tells you they have a a good idea of exactly what's going to happen, uh, I'm not sure I would trust that information right now because everything's changing so quickly. How's the remote work worked out for your team? A lot of us have been experiencing that. Same here. At Freightways, a lot of people working from home for the first time. Uh, we've seen a lot of advice columns. How is uh, how's everything going for Steam with that? I have to tell you, I was a little concerned about that, and um, maybe I'm a little too old school in that regard. But uh, we had a plan around that very quickly, and, and, and fortunately for us, last year we instituted quite a bit of flexibility around work from home and flex scheduling that. We just felt was a an important thing to do as a as a quality employer, and so we we had done some work last year to um, to address those things, and so that really kind of put us uh, in a good spot when this hit. We had a plan and and had everybody you know move to remote locations within about twenty four hours. I mean, we moved really quickly. Um, and it's been really interesting, and it's been very gratifying to me to see how everybody has just rolled with that. Uh, we have all kinds of KPIs that we can measure and, and productivity metrics and things of that nature uh, through our software. And we have not seen a single dip in uh, productivity as a result of that, which has just been amazing. And, and uh, certainly our team has just done an amazing job to address that. That's really good stuff. So, uh, Jason, does this uh, mean that uh, the, what you were working on last year and now the success and what you're seeing in the productivity now, does that mean, you know, you, you do that more in the future? Uh, the, 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 the workflow, et cetera, there at Steam would, would change and you'd expand that? I think we need to reduce our footprint and pay less rent is what I think we ought to do. But uh, <laughs> No, I'm kidding. 
Uh, you know, I, th- uh, I mean, I no, it's not a terrible idea, idea, though, right? I it, mean, we've it, been talking really about how this new normal is going to reshape how some companies do business, and it's going to make them rethink: Do we need as much office space as we did before? Does some of does it make sense for some key staff to be working remote? Yeah, I, I think that it has definitely opened all of our eyes, the leadership team, around what can be done, and so I uh, I think that we will be looking at that, and and certainly. Um, there's, I think there's just going to be a lot of things that come out of this on the other end from a, from a positive perspective. Just, you know, the types of things you have to do uh, when you're met with these challenges um, teach you some things. And I, and I think there's going to be some, some new normals out there that uh, maybe we don't even fully understand yet. Wow. Hey, thank you Excellent. so much for, uh, for setting this up, Michael. And, yeah, absolutely. And Jason, thanks for coming on. Yeah, we appreciate it. Yeah. It's, uh, good words, man. And I like the positivity that you brought. Yeah, no problem at all. And uh, you guys uh, stay safe and let us know if you need anything. Will do. Take care. Yeah, wow. Fascinating stuff. Great to hear from yeah. a local business. Uh, you know, sometimes we have to report the negative in town, which maybe Lipsy or whomever letting employees go. But this is uh, this is a nice story. Yeah, these guys, uh, well, you know, I know Jason. I know Steve Cox over there, and they've done a great job. They've had great careers, and, and no doubt Steam's going uh, to be successful. And they're doing the right things. All right, our next guest is Logan Miller. He went viral for using his allowance to give truck drivers meals. Let's get him up on the phone and see what was the impetus behind that decision and uh, how it's been going for him. I think he's out there today on the on the beat giving out some of these meals to drivers. Logan, are you there? Hello. Oh, hey, Logan. He thank, thank you for joining us on the air today. I'm Dooner from What the Truck here with the dude. We heard about your great story of giving out on crustables and beef jerky and fruit and chips to the drivers all on a $50 loan from your dad. So tell us what made you decide to go and do that. I overheard a conversation where my dad went uh, hungry to bed one night. Oh, okay. So your dad went to bed hungry one night. Yeah, that's a, you never want to hear that. So what was your, you decided to get together these lunch bags and where did you end up going to sell them? Uh, we actually went to a rest stop here in between uh Pennsylvania Line and uh, Okay. Yeah. So he's near the Pennsylvania Line at a rest stop there. Yeah, and that was the epicenter of that story when you were hearing about all those rest stops getting shut down. Fortunately, they got opened back up. What's it like over at the rest stops now, and what's the attitude and the mood of the drivers that you are meeting and giving these meals to? Uh, some of them are like they're refusing them. Some of them are refusing them. Oh, some of them are refusing them. Yeah, so it sounds like those drivers that are already prepared are kind of passing on it, but thanking him, but those that need it are, are taking it and, and appreciative of what he's doing there. It sounds great. Yeah, why, why did you go with uh, Uncrustables, for example? Uncrustables, for those not familiar, like uh, a peanut butter and jelly meets a Hot Pocket. Yeah, um, well, they, they, my dad likes them. So he he suggested the uncrustables, but it's all about the price. About yeah, see, I mean, it's all about the price. If he wants to scale this out and give it out, he's got to be a smart businessman yeah. too, right? Yeah, yeah, he's, everyone's yeah, got a budget. Absolutely, and he's and he's done his uh, market research. His dad didn't like the crust. 
right? So others aren't going to like the crust. Go with the crustables. Go with the cost. That's yeah. excellent stuff, Logan. Know what he's, so, Logan, tell us about the Orange Ribbon campaign. What is that all about? We actually launched it yesterday, the Orange Ribbon Campaign. And where restaurants or families can put up orange ribbons to show so where drivers can see them. And if they can see them, they know they can get a meal and go to bed on uh, a full stomach and get up and get paid and rest in the morning. Okay, uh, how do people, so how do people learn more about what you're doing so we can send them your way? Um, you can either go to, uh, they have Facebook, you can go to Hillbilly Stuff Media on Facebook, you can go, and that's where mostly everything is, that's where this whole thing started, if you can go there, that would really be appreciated, um, I don't know where else, I know I, all right. Hey, Logan, thank yeah. you very much. We really appreciate your time today. Wow. Kids doing the Lord's work out there, giving, giving these drivers these sandwiches. It was beef jerky, fruit, chips, these Uncrustables. Yeah, hey, it sounds good to me. <laughs> does, does he deliver in Chattanooga? I don't know. If he's giving out jerky, <laughs> is there a, a particular type of jerky you would like to find in that bag? I, I, you know, I, 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 I like all kinds of jerky, right? But it, okay. it, he's in West Virginia, so maybe he's getting out some, some good homemade deer jerky, which is always very, very good. I always enjoy it. Uh, we get some comments here. Molly Pruitt says, super helpful. Wendy Sullivan, she is logistics coordinator at World Distribution Services. She said, Warehouse workers, shipping and receiving personnel working 12-hour shifts. We are exhausted and exposed. Yeah. No doubt about that at all. No doubt about that at all. Patrick Murray, residential dispatch coordinator on time logistics. He says, that's what we are doing outside front door drop on all orders. He's talking about just, you know, being con- making it convenient, making outdoor drops for people. Yeah. We have to do this to keep our home delivery specialists and most of all, our customers at home and safe. Don't bl- don't blame you. Uh, Harrison Profit, founder of Bungie, says we at Bungie have also focused on no contact delivery for our customers and partners, seeing a huge influx of TV, bed, furniture, home gym equipment deliveries across our markets. You know, we touched on that last week. We talked about how we're seeing a lot of the essentials in the freight flows, right? Yeah, absolutely. A lot and, of essentials. And then it seems like I think over the next couple of weeks, we're going to see another maybe boon of just comforts like home comforts if we're in this for the long haul if people think they're going to be home two months three months at a time they might be getting that tv they might be redecorating that home office yeah and especially with the stimulus package and people understanding that they're getting a paycheck they're they're not unemployed they're at home receiving a paycheck the stimulus package helps with with those people and so they're going to be more apt to continue to spend when they see that there's a light at this tunnel and the income is still coming right so, yeah, and they're going to have to keep themselves entertained. And why not just get healthy while you're at home? Yeah, and the Orange Ribbon campaign that he mentioned, the Orange Ribbon campaign, is asking restaurants and rest stops still serving drivers to put an orange ribbon in their windows so drivers can easily see it. 
and know that you will accommodate the, uh, the style of purchasing that they have to do. Which is an excellent idea. So those drivers can easily identify those locations. I hope people jump on board with that uh, campaign, that orange ribbon campaign, so they know exactly where they can go. Because that's one of the concerns that we hear from the drivers, right, is not only when, when they get sick, what do they do, as we, we saw with, uh, you know, uh, from the, the survey earlier. Yeah. But uh, where do they get those essentials? Where, where can they get food? Where can they get what they need to stock their trucks? We've heard from uh, several drivers where they can sustain themselves for a week or so inside their truck, which is a amazing to me oh yeah uh, and it's awesome but you know if people are on board and get these orange ribbons out there hey here we're here to help for you uh we're specifically concerned about these drivers as we all should be uh concerned about them because they're keeping things moving yeah drivers keep an eye out for those orange ribbons especially if you're looking for a place to eat and a place to to hunker down we are yeah. going to be talking to john payne next he is i believe based out of Bar- barcelona spain i know that he also Went to uh, to college out in Arizona. I think one of their locations is based out of there. So we'll get him on the the line right here. Hey, John. Hello. Hey, John. Thanks for joining us. This is uh, Dooner and the Dude on What the Truck at Freight Waves. Hey, guys. How you doing? Pretty good. Are you in uh, Spain right now or are you in Arizona? I am. I am in Barcelona, Spain right now, 6.30 p.m. Wow. So wow. What, uh, what are things like? We see how they are in the United States, and we, uh, we've kind of been a trailing indicator of what had been happening in Italy and Europe. And unfortunately, the United States has overtaken just about everywhere, but I think Spain is number four on that list of cases. So I know that it, that country is being hit hard as well. So give us a little bit about the, uh, the temperature of what's going on there. Sure. Yeah, no, it's, it's been... Uh, uh, been crazy to see i mean barcelona is one of the most highly visited cities in the world i look outside my apartment now and and the streets are dead um you know i think culturally you see a big difference in in the spanish and you know people give two kisses when they greet each other here um so the people that were becoming contagious it just skyrocketed like italy um i know the u.s just recently passed Spain is the number of people that have tested positive, but our, our death count is still really high. Um, I have about 4,800 people that have died here in, in Spain. It's been so prevalent um, that they've had to actually start using ice rinks to, to house the cadavers. So it's a grim story, and, and we take it seriously. We haven't left our house. We're on, on, on week two. Um so other than, than going to the grocery store and the bare essentials, we've, we've really just stayed put. Yeah, which is what <clears throat> what we need to be doing. And, and, you know, many here in the U.S. are doing the exact same thing. And I think it's becoming more and more prevalent here as we see these type of things. 4,900 now in, in Spain, according to the world Ometer. Yeah. Wow. Which is yeah. a, a grim statistic for sure. Has this changed business for you at all? And what what do you currently do? What does your company do? And how has this altered things? Sure. So um, my company is Delivery Chain. And what we're doing is we're bringing visibility to shippers and 3PLs um, for really pallet level intelligence. We've not launched yet. So this has not affected us in that way. We've been doing video conferencing with, with our staff um, while we're still in development. So, uh, this is something that we've been used to, but, um, I have seen just locally and, uh, you know, 
freight. I've, I've called the port recently. Um, freight has just drastically reduced. Uh, Spain's the number one producer of olive oil in the world. Um, and, and so even before this, going back into October with the tariffs that hit, um, olive oil is, is the pricing is just dropping. Um, so you're, you're seeing a reduction at the port. You're seeing uh, a lot less import export. So, you know, overall you just, you notice it everywhere. And, and so, you know, people like Logan that are out there supporting drivers, those are the only ones that are really here. Um, you know, dr- that are out on the streets. It's, it's people delivering the goods into the grocery store. Uh, we haven't had the same problem as the U.S. in regards to food shortages or, or you know, people clearing out the supermarket or toilet paper for some ungodly reason. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, <laughs> you know, um, yeah, no, it's, it's, been, it's been incredible to see. So, so John, you said the, the company provides or a, a pallet level uh, intelligence. Is that what you said? That's right. So how how, right. how so, does that work? Is it the pallet that sell you themselves? Are you are you providing the hardware for that pallet intelligence, or how does that work? That's correct. Yeah. So we have a, a, an IoT you know um, device that we can put on the pallet, and we can be able to tell temperature variance, um, G-force impact. We can create geofences around the consignee and be able to tell uh, if, if you're managing a shipment whether that shipment is approaching the consignee. And, you know, if you can think of it, my analogy a lot of times when I'm talking to people is if you've ever ordered a pizza and you've had them, um, you know, maybe Domino's, they, they actually tell you when they're really close, we're going to bring that type of intelligence to the freight world. And, um, you know, I've been a broker. I worked at Echo Global Logistics before I uh, started this company. So I know what it's like to not have that visibility over the freight and to be in an office far away from, from where my customer's freight is. And, uh, you know, I felt helpless in the past, not being able to say, I know exactly what the condition of that freight is. And so I wanted to be able to empower those shippers and those brokers to be able to have that same intelligence that, you know, this is the 21st century. We should be able to have this type of intelligence. And so we're, we're going to bring that to, to as many people as we can. That's really interesting. So does it, is it, is it uh, uh, geolocation or is it reliant on uh, e- existing uh, transponders? Like it changes from this truck to that truck or is unloaded from this truck and moved to this truck and, and warehouse location, or is it, or are you pinging it constantly for geolocation? That's correct. Well, we pinging it. For geolocation, uh, we'll actually be able to change the intervals if someone wants to be able to see, you know, if you're going across West Texas, maybe we don't need to be pinging every minute. Um, we can reduce that the interval level down. But um, if you're close to the, to the continent, maybe we can speed that up. And uh, one of the, the people that we're speaking to right now, they, they do projects. And so they'll maybe send out a crew and they're waiting for the, the heavy equipment to come. They don't know when it's going to be there. They may send out the crew too early and they're spending, in one case, uh, they're spending a couple of thousand dollars an hour waiting for the heavy equipment to arrive. Well, we can strategically send out the team when the, uh, when the heavy equipment comes close and, and reduce that downtime that the crew has. Hey, have you noticed any anomalies in the data since this has all started? What uh, What's moving or is anything moving that you wouldn't expect or is not moving? 
I haven't really noticed that. Um, I've, I've tried to keep abreast really what's happening, um, you know, here locally, but I, no, I have, I have not really seen that, um, as of yet vehicles are, are one of the, actually it's the number one by value export for, for Spain here. Um, I know that that's dropped, but I, personally can't see a, a lot of the stuff that is happening at the port just because I haven't left my, my apartment other than going to the grocery <laughs> store walking the dog. <laughs> I think what we did learn is that if you're looking for toilet paper, if you can get it imported from Spain, there oh, has yeah. not been a run on toilet paper in Spain yet. <laughs> yeah. So that's right. Maybe you can hook us up, John. <laughs> we, there's yeah, still there's no. still shortfalls. You know, it's it's actually becoming harder to get groceries in the United States, especially delivered. I was able to get some Whole Foods I ordered it last Saturday. It came on Wednesday. Last night, we tried to order more groceries, and there's no delivery dates available here in Chattanooga. Yeah, it's amazing. Now, bless the people that are in, in the grocery stores that are working, the, the healthcare staff that are actually putting their lives on the line. Um, you know, this this coronavirus is real. Um, you know, I, I know it was compared to, to the regular flu in the very beginning, and, um, you know, Dr. Fauci and, and there in the States has, has said this is 10 times more contagious. So people need to take it seriously, especially young people. They think they, they may not have it. They're fine. Um, they could stay home and, and save someone that's a little bit more vulnerable from, from getting it. And so, but uh, yeah, and the truck drivers that are out there keeping the country moving, um, just certainly want to thank them. I've seen some people, um, you know, going to the uh, uh, pilot, Flying J, buying them a meal. I encourage that. I'm definitely a big fan of uh, what all the people are doing to help out truck drivers during this time. And and I think it's fantastic. Yeah. Thank you very much. How do people people reach out and learn more? Yes. Hey, great, great. Oh, they can can check me out either on LinkedIn or deliverychain.io. And um, thanks for the show, guys. Really enjoy it. Freeways is rocking it. Hope you guys keep it up. Thanks, man. Stay healthy out there. Thanks, John. Be well. Appreciate it, guys. Wow. Good stuff. Wow. Nice yeah. to hear that perspective. Sounds like things are, I mean, aside from the toilet paper and grocery availability, things are pretty much similar in most places that have been impacted by the coronavirus. Yeah, I, I, I agreed. And it's good to, good to uh, you, you hate to hear that the streets are dead, but it's good to see that they are right now. People are taking it seriously in Barcelona. Yeah. And we're not, I mean, we're not alone out there. Not that you no, want other people no. to suffer, but that nah, but everyone's yeah. going through something similar. Yeah, exactly. All right. How's it bad news and good news? All right. Bad news, good news. Right I don't. Favorite segment. So here's some good news. All right. After months of being partially or entirely shut down due to the coronavirus epidemic, Chinese factories we touched on earlier are now gradually getting back on their feet, back online, as the country seems to be doing a pretty good job of containing that virus. As we also mentioned, the United States has already eclipsed them. Yeah, <laughs> we, we have, which is not good news. But well, it is good news that they're back up and running. And right? that's what feeds into the bad news here. Yeah. The bad news is that the Chinese manufacturing industry has hit a wall. It's dead. They've come back, but nobody's ordering anything right now, especially <laughs> for very specific things like those medical supplies and masks. Yeah, the, the demand is not there. and We've talked about that. The different timelines is they're up, we're down. Hopefully we can all get on the same page quickly and demand yeah. go back up and everybody's running and we can get this thing back and going. 
So uh, other good news. Coronavirus stimulus bill is set for quick passage through the House. Yeah. Already has, right? That's good, right? Yeah. Well, it's got to go through the House today. Yeah, it's got to go through the House today, but hopefully it will. But bad news, as we've heard this uh, phrase before, mo money, mo problems. Yes. With a stimulus package more than twice the size of the one Barack Obama signed in February 2009, dispensing the cash and handling the transaction creates a whole new level of stress on the system. Yeah, with so much money going out, there's, there's companies all across the board who are going to, just as we see the unemployment system being taxed, the stimulus system is going to be taxed too as they try to figure out how to give money to. I think I read something like, in that $800 million stimulus bill that they did in 2009 in February, only $113 billion of that was spent by uh, November of that year. So it's going to take some time to sort this out and to get everyone paid. Yeah, well, hopefully they can sort it, out, sort it out quickly because people need the money and we need to keep the economy going and we need to keep people safe and they need to be able to feed themselves if they're affected by this, have lost their jobs, working from home, pay cuts, what have you. Uh, we need to figure this out quickly, and hopefully people are taking this one a lot more seriously than in 2009, uh, as uh, you know, lives are on the line right now. Oh, yeah, of, of course, yes. Yeah. Uh, air cargo space, the bad news, air cargo space is in short supply, and freighter rates are up four times from their pre-crisis rates. So a lot of turmoil being thrown into the system here, a lot of wrenches, but more passenger airlines are helping to fill the severe shortage in air freight capacity by turning their aircraft into cargo-only airplanes. They're, they're laying medical supplies. They're laying boxes all across the seats. I don't know if you've seen a few pictures. I, think, I have. I think one of them was shared on our general Slack. So good, smart repurposing. I know they're getting some money from the bailout, but it's nice to see that they are working for some of that stimulus money. Well, yeah, it's almost, it's a strange thing, but it's kind of like a win-win. They don't have any passengers moving, and there's so many goods demanding this, the the air freight, uh, air cargo uh, services, that they're able to keep some some uh, planes moving and, and get some revenue moving and, and help in the, in, the, in, the, in the movement of these essential supplies at this exact same time. So Yeah, no pun intended, a lot of overhead in the air <laughs> freight business, right? <laughs> Is that right? Very nice. So um, let's see here. What do I have? Something on hours of service. Yeah. Hours of service uh, waiver failed to include essential products like fertilizers for uh, fertilizer for crops. That's That's bad news. Bad news. But the good news is, hey, in response to urging from a variety of industry sectors, the agency published an FAQ on Wednesday defining other commodities included in the waiver, which now includes fertilizer, food packaging, and feed products. Yeah. Right? Should we debate over this? So you call it an, you call it an FAQ, not a FAQ? Uh, it's just personal choice. Do you say, so GIF, do you, how do you say that? Um, it depends on who I'm talking to. You're talking to me. Uh, <laughs> all right, well, let's go this way then. It's a GIF. Okay. All right, I go GIF. What, see, I, I select. I, I, no, I, I go GIF. You know, you're right. I do go GIF. I don't go GIF. GIF would be like a JPEG. It's GIF. I go I go GIF. I, I, I figured you went GIF. That's why no, I said GIF, GIF. GIF. It's like GIF with no T, right? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> exactly. That's how right. I say it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, think it's a, I think it's a GIF. I mean, it's not a giraffe. 
Yes. So, but then. So what happened? You know, they got them. Let the, you can bring the fertilizer now. Yeah, you can do that. We thank the Department of Transportation Secretary Elaine Chow and FMCSA Acting Administrator Jim Mullen for adding fertilizer to the essential commodities list, commented the Fertilizer Institute President and CEO Corey Rosenbush. At the end of the day, it's about putting food on Americans' tables. Couldn't agree more. Yeah, especially with the season that's coming in. New crops have to be planted. There's going to be new yields coming up. Yeah, and a, and a lot of demand for it. So we got to make sure that that keeps going. So it is an essential essential item. I agree. This is good a move. terrible story that I read today. It was in uh, the Daily Beast. And it's the good news is that nurses around the country, right, they're standing up on the front line fighting COVID-19. They're doing the, uh, the Lord's work, right? And a lot of times without the medical equipment they need. Here is the bad news, though. Airbnb landlords around the country are kicking them out of their rentals, especially shared rentals, citing safety and other concerns. They, uh, as I mentioned, there's a big expose on it in the Daily Beast, but you know, can't forget about the frontline workers here, Michael. Yeah, you, you really can't. And uh, I guess I get it on the shared rentals. Yeah, I suppose. But I, but why keep them out of 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 an Airbnb? Why it can be sanitized afterwards? Yeah. I mean, maybe there's a premium there or something. Or well, some of the people. So not to confuse it, some of the situations were the nurse had a roommate, or it was a shared uh-huh. rental. Yeah. So the other person didn't want to be around someone that was exposed. And it, that's a really tough and complicated subject when you think it really about is. it, because. I don't know. We can say to ourselves, like, oh, that's terrible. But at the same time, if your roommate is a nurse, how exactly would you feel? Not a great situation. I, I wonder if there's any part of this relief. I don't think there is that can get people new locations to live. Yeah, I, I, I don't know that there is. I, I have no idea. But you're exactly right. If your roommate is a, is a, is a nurse or, or working in the medical field and you are not, uh, yeah, you're, you're, you are very concerned about being exposed because they're going into the hospitals every day and the doctor's offices every day and, and possibly seeing these patients and bringing it back. And then now you're exposed. So yeah. I get that. It'd be tough. I no excuse for that. the uh, landlords that are just kicking no. nurses out on the street no. with no romance. Right. Them, so let some, them live. Some good news, though. Even though you're locked in quarantine and everything is closed, you can still head to the park, right? I think so, yeah. Is that right? Can we? Uh, well, in recent weeks, between coronavirus concerns and home quarantines, record numbers have been turning to parks for relief to get out, Ooh. get some exercise, yeah. get their mind off of things, some fresh air, right? Yeah, I saw Harrison there stretching. <laughs> That's exactly right. In some cases, though, it's causing so much congestion that parks have been forced to close due to overcrowding. It's ironic. Hamilton County Police will now be cracking down on parking in the Rainbow Lake area after a swath of complaints of people gathering there. Wow. Well, a swath. I think it's supposed to be like 86 degrees here in Chattanooga. People who aren't from here, they watch the show that they know we've complained about it, but it did rain for like three months straight. Now you're quarantined, and suddenly it's really, really nice outside. It's begging you to go outside. Yeah. Before everything got locked down, one of the last places that we went to was Rock City, because that's outdoors. So I think for people, the logic is, well, at least I can get outside, get some fresh air. You know, the virus won't be as contained, but... Now, there's so many people on the trails, it's just overcrowded. Yeah, I, I, so I have not been going out to the parks. Fortunately, I have, a, I have a backyard that I can go out and be inside, and I have my kids at home now, et cetera, and they can get outside and, and, and enjoy that, so we're lucky. But the other people that need to get outside, we see people jogging up and down the street. Here. Oh, yeah. We All see people long. next door singing karaoke. <laughs> singing, <laughs> singing or karaoke. Buffalo right? wings seem like a particularly awful idea, too, if you... Or trying to avoid the coronavirus because 
it just seems like it would stick the the virus to your fingers when you go to touch the. I don't know. The, the sauce. <laughs> like it couldn't be a worse choice. Yeah. yeah, you go through a lot of hand wipes. All right, now it's time we hear from you, the the audience, the readers. Freightwaves.com. Comment section rodeo. Rajet G. He says, "Just checking in." Well, hey, thanks for checking in with us. All right, these all of these comments are from one article. It was ATBS CEO. Owner operators should prepare for a freight cliff. So they're getting okay. good right now, but maybe don't uh, don't think it's always going to so be that way. All these comments were from the same thing about let's that, get ready for freight falling off. Yeah. So here's gotcha. here's Art. He says. Uh, the digital brokers are going to further depress their margins. Uber, Convoy have a lot of money to burn to win customers with the lowest rates. There is no way. There is way too many brokers undercutting each other, chasing the same customers. So he thinks that people, they're going to do what they always do, right? People are yeah. going to chase the lowest rates. They're yeah. going to gonna bring those down. He'll be back uh, playing Kino and watching soap operas in the middle of the day before he knows it. And I like that you, uh, you, you know that art is a Southie. Yes. <laughs> so Robert Hassel, until we address the rogue companies from Canada, rogue companies from Canada, wow. freight prices will never increase. Cavitas laws are being overlooked by our own DOT and it kills the American driver. Canadians are staying a month at a time driving east and west instead of directly going back as the law states. You will see dozens of Canadian drivers in every state. Mexican drivers are 99% only near the border, yet we stereotype the Mexicans as the problem. Never more wrong. Oh, so really the Canadians? It's the Canadians. All right. Yes, yes. Robert is not happy with our uh, brethren to the north. I, that, what is that called? Like Driver Inc. or something? That kind of driver that's a... A 1099 is a big Canadian problem. If you ever talk to a Canadian driver, it'll likely be one of the first things they'll complain about. Is that right? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Roadrunner said, that's why we are where we are. Statistics don't reflect the real thing about trucking. And behind computers, all is more than virtua than realistic. The broker greedy practice is the problem for owners. Broker take more than should. <laughs> Okay, thank you, Roadrunner. Yes. Muhammad Fassel Akram. What the trucking what, what the trucking truck you are talking about? Wow. Yeah, what the trucking truck you are talking about? A lot of exclamation points after that. Yeah, a lot, uh, one question mark and a bunch of uh, exclamation points. When did learn about truckers are making more than yesteryears? Everyone is losing money in trucking. We work just to survive. Wow. Do you know a lot of when they get emotional, they start to just and when they start that emotional, the, the composure of the post just falls right apart. It does. It really does. <laughs> Ronald Turlitsky says, Flatbed has declined and the broker a-holes are talking or taking the industry by storm for all independent OOs and contractors like myself. I asked one broker, do you think this MF runs on air or solar power, you dumbass? I hate the thought of more government regulation, but there's a big need to slap these SOB brokers in the mouth somehow. Out of control is what they are, especially when truckers are supplying everyone with food to sanitate to necessities because of the viral outbreaks. Yet nobody is looking out for the truckers, OTR especially. <laughs> <What>? Yes. 
They're, they're taking a little more care of flatbed, I think. Just OTR is screwed. Yeah, OTR is the only one that's screwed, right? So, Brenda Figueroa, this report is BS. Wow. Her. Yes. One exclamation point this time. I'm a woman truck driving and have been struggling to break even every year. You have a There's, lovely voice. <laughs> thank you. There is so much unfairness in this industry. It's a shame. Poorly paid and poorly treated. The struggle is real and more so with this virus amongst us. Yeah, you know, I think that when people are doing a job like this, where they are putting their health at risk, especially, they, uh, now's a little time to sound off, I think, for a lot of people. A- absolutely. Carlos Marino says, I don't know where is all that freight you talking about because brokers are paying for loads. Please stop laying to people giving misinformation. You know you laying. Drivers still wasting five, six, seven, or eight hours on shippers and receivers without pay. So shut up and stop laying. Stop laying, Dooner. Stop laying right now. Tim says... Buddy, the trucking business has gone straight downhill in the last 15 years. What gets me is people take talking and reporting on things they have not a clue. People that make rules and regulations that have probably never, ever been in a truck. Also, when times get tough and uncertain, truck drivers are praised and given respect. All deserved and appreciated. Think what it would be like if truck drivers sit down right now. You guess the government would listen then? Yeah. Jay says... Wake up! Nothing has changed. Costs have gone up so much that any increase in pay or rates does not begin to make up for anything. The job is still the same. The SE shippers, our receivers, are still the same. All of these companies are run by morons, and nothing has changed for the better since Jimmy Carter. Wow. Wow, going way back. Yeah, yeah. 70s. Yeah. Invoking Jimmy Carter Jimmy from C. the 70s. Wow. Lots happened since caps. Jimmy too. Like a lot, of, like literally a lot's happened since Jimmy Carter. Yeah, uh, uh, probably some, like a some lot's good changed. changes have, a lot's have changed. happened. Why do you think that particular article got the readers so heated? Though it seemed like, especially a lot of drivers were. I mean, they're getting the good rates. I guess they're just nervous about the prospect that those rates could fall off a cliff. Yeah, I, I think they're nervous about that. I think they're venting a little bit because, you know, and we, we've talked about this before. I mean, we keep saying it. We've said it several times today. Yeah. Thank the drivers. They're on the front line. We need to take care of them. We've got Logan out there using his allowance to feed drivers. Yeah, and, and Uncrustables. Truck stuff. Uncrustables. Now, regardless of how you feel about Uncrustables. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it doesn't matter how you feel about it. The sentiment and the effort behind it is appreciated and what we all should be thinking about. And I think that, you know, a lot of the vein that I see inside here is that we're always here doing this. We're always here doing this. We never get thanked. It's only when there's this huge crisis that people recognize that we're out here and actually, uh, you know, thank us for what we're doing. And uh, right now, they're very much needed. Rates are going up, but some of them aren't seeing it in their paycheck. Yeah. It's the middleman making it. Hey, I've got a quarantine and chill for you. The first thing is some trivia, though. So everyone's been watching more movies, more shows, all those things, right? Yeah, I, I took out the, uh, the Tiger King the other night. Okay, so we'll get into that. But I was watching <laughs> The Wizard. I was watching The Wizard. It's the Fred Savage vehicle from the late 80s. I think it was 1989. He wants to go to a Nintendo World Tournament. It's a latchkey okay. kid back when like parents didn't really care where you were. Back in my day. Well, I was watching with my wife, and she said, I bet you can't tie this into supply chain. Well, I can. So Jenny Lewis plays a girl named Haley in it, right? Okay. Jenny Lewis went on to start a band. She became a musician, started a band called Rilo Kelly, sang backup vocals in a band called The Postal Service. The Postal Service was sued by the USPS. 
And in settlement with the USPS, because the judge was like, look, no one's confusing this. No one thinks this sort of like hip indie electronica band is actually the people delivering packages. But they started coming to a settlement. So the Postal Service had to play their executive brunch. So there you go. Is, is that right? Yeah. And now we have a little bit of an insight into the workings of Dooner's mind. There you go. There you go. So what do you think of the what do you think of the Tiger King? And we have someone who works on staff here voted for Joe Exotic. Joe Exotic yes. is 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 crazy as uh, I, I, I love him. I think he's highly entertaining and I think he should uh, do everything without a hat on. I love the mullet. The mullet, the mullet's awesome. Chris Jolly, Chris Jolly, Chris Urich, Scott D, and Andrew Ezra. So they enjoyed the comment section rodeo impressions. Yeah. Well, thank yeah, you. Well, I, I have to step up my game. I Was that your know Joe you Exotic impression? <laughs> my Joe Exotic impression. So who do you think? That fi- be Caroline. <laughs> have, have you finished it yet? I have not. All right. Who have do not you finished th- it. Who do you think ends up being the hero of the document? Is it Team Joe Exotic? Is it Team um, the guy with like the multiple wives? Team polygamy, or is it team? Um, and who's the lady who fed, who may or may not have fed her husband to a tiger? I, uh, I, I don't know. I'm not that deep into it. <laughs> okay. So I, I watched the first episode, right? All right. I, so I watched the first episode and got a flavor, and it's it's quite interesting. I, I'm going to dig into it more. I'll have more insight for you by the end of the week. <laughs> Cole Eakin says, "Old Joe Exotic." shook the Tiger King's hand when he was running for governor of Oklahoma. <laughs> you and Kevin Hill both. Sweet. He says uh, he's a millennial in logistics. He's focused on flexibility and providing creative solutions to unique situations like having to vote for Joe Exotic. I could use a little Joe Exotic in our primaries here. Yeah. Chad, there you go. <laughs> no kidding. We have our own Joe Exotic running, though. He's uh, <laughs> named Ken Smith. <laughs> he's a good guy, though. He's a great uh, guy. All right. We'll send you guys home. I hope that I f- I'm happy that we got to do a little bit of these positive stories on this final show of the week, especially yeah. now that we do that coronavirus freight market update Tuesdays and Thursdays at noon. And you guys did a great job filling in when I wasn't here yesterday. I appreciate yeah, I, that. Thank you, Dooner. Yeah. Check that out. Follow that next week. We'll be back with our next live show. What the truck at 2 p.m. Look, cowbell for everybody tuning in today. Amen. Peace and love. Look, cowbell for people going out there and supporting a local restaurant. America can pick up, can't we? Yes, we can. Look, how about for everyone to tune into the show that we call Ride the Truck? Yeah, baby! You're extra healthy, you know? Yeah, absolutely. You know what's I've really got good? My hand sanitizer. Now, do you use dry skin lotion afterwards? Uh, yeah, I, I lotion every day. I need a little coconut oil. Yeah, no, definitely use coconut oil. All right, have a great weekend. Peace. Use, use your coconut oil. <laughs>